0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to Jesus and the disciples went on and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house he asked them what were you arguing about on the way but they were silent for on the way they had argued about which one they had argued with one another who was the greatest he sat down called the 12 and said to them whoever wants to be the first must be last of all and servant of all and he took a little child and put it among them and taking it in his arms he said to them Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. the gospel of the Lord. Praise you may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Morning. How are you? Good. All right. We're gonna do a little pretend today, okay? So I'm gonna pretend just a couple different things, a couple different things that you guys might see find familiar. I want you to tell me what I should do, okay? Or better yet, I want you to tell me what you think Jesus would want me to do. All right? You think you can do that? I think you're gonna be good at this. Now, Gabriel having no prompting before, do you want to help me? All right, you're gonna help me. All right, let's pretend I am the captain, uh, what's it, the, the manager of a baseball team, all right? Not a captain, manager of a baseball team. I got my hat on, all right? We got my clipboard, I'm gonna write them all down, all right? I'm gonna pick out the team from the people here. Now, obviously, we're gonna pick Jack, all right? And we're going to pick Anthony. We're going to pick Amanda. Or pick Alyssa. We're going to pick Ava. But we're not picking Gabriel. You know why? Because he's your helper. Nope. That's, that's, that's true. No, Because I heard that Gabriel can't hit the ball very well. That's why I heard. Now, what should I do instead? What would Jesus want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, include him. It's a game, right? Gabriel should be allowed to... Do you want to play Gabriel? Yeah, Gabriel wants to play. <laughs> Gabriel should be allowed to play no matter what. Very good. Very good. All right, we're going to pretend a different thing, okay? New thing, okay? This is... Oh, let's see. We're playing on the playground, okay? You all been to the playground before. All right. Gabriel, you want to help me again? It's going to be different this time, okay? All right. Now, here's my bucket, alright, I'm going to play in a sandbox, okay? Here's my bucket, here's my shovel, here's my little car, I like cars. Alright, hey Gabriel, you want to play with this uh, bucket and shovel in the sandbox? Yeah? Okay, now, but you can't let any of them have it because they're not cool, alright? I don't don't even like those people. Alright, now I'm going to play with this car, you want to play with this car, Ava? No, you're not cool. (laughs) <laughs> all right time out what would jesus want me to do yeah Let me play the play with us. right he would want me to include all of you whether i like you or not which is sometimes really hard right yeah whether i like you or not whether i think you're cool or not whether i even know you or not very good now all that seems very easy right You guys are pros at this, very easy. But is it hard in real life? Sometimes, sometimes. What if you really want to win the baseball game? Is it hard to include everybody? We watch Penn State football. Yeah, Penn State, sometimes that's hard to watch too. But, but we include everybody, right? We include everybody. And because God loves everybody. God loves you, right? God loves the people you don't necessarily want to play with too. And God even wants you to play with them. So, this next week as you guys are playing in the sandbox or picking teams or whatever else, what does God want you to do? Be nice. Include each other, right? That's right. You think you can do that? We'll see, right? All right. let us pray. God we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you help us to do things we might not do on our own, like include one another, like play with each other, share what we have and be shared with. Be with us this week and help us to do these things. In your name, we pray? Amen. Very good. Thank you, very.: And everybody. The name of Jesus, Amen. I had a professor who would usually start off a lecture uh, saying one thing or saying two sentences, uh, things that seemingly seemingly contradict, and then spend the next 50 minutes explaining himself. I'm not going to take 50 minutes, but I am going to start in a similar way. And one of these statements you may agree with, and one of these you may not, and we'll see where we end up. The love of God. It's for everybody. The love of God is for everybody. I imagine a lot of us largely agree on that particular statement. The second one. The call to be a Christian, the call to be like Christ, is a very advanced one. It's a very challenging one. And not one that is necessarily meant for everyone's ears. At least not immediately that one, you might kick back one a little bit, and that's okay. I'd expect you to. To kind of couch these two statements in a, in a visual, I want to tell you, well, I kind of changed my example last minute, but I want to tell you about the movie, Selma. Now, how many of you saw Selma, the movie? Yeah, ish, kind of? It's a movie that's very worth your time. Uh-huh. In the movie, in the movie Selma, it highlights uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr.'s work in the civil rights movement, especially his work that uh, took place after the bombing of a church in Selma and the march that they had planned and tried repeatedly to have take place between Selma and Montgomery. The first time uh, without Martin Luther King present, they tried that march and were beaten back Uh, by the uh, policemen, by the state troopers, and other folks. The second time they tried the march, uh, they were going to be let through, but they did not go. And the third time they tried the march with federal official orders to allow them to do so, and they marched on through to Montgomery. Now, in this particular uh, movie, there's a lot of moving scenes, but the catalyst for this movement, the catalyst for Martin Luther King Jr. to be there because, as a national figure, he went to the places where his impact could be made the most known on a national level. Because of the civil rights, being a civil rights activist, he needs that presence on a national level. What was the catalyst for him being there? Was the bombing of a church where multiple little children were killed? The, the scene in the movie is incredibly moving. One that really jolts you into uh, the presence of what that must have been like. In the movie, there's uh, a few children going downstairs and they're dressed in white and they're talking about what it's going to be like for their uh, their baptisms. And the one says, well, I spent all morning doing my hair. And the other one says, well, it's going to be all for naught the moment you hit that water. (laughs) And then uh, one says uh, that uh, they don't really care what their hair is like and in fact their mom won't let them do it because it's going to be too grown. And then the other one uh, says, well I want mine to be exactly like Coretta Scott King's because her hair is uh, so long and curly and then they talk about how to do their hair. And right in the middle of that conversation, the whole wall beside them as they're coming down that staircase explodes and they're shot clear out of the scene. And you can't help but think, knowing That is so many years in the past, you can't help but think, my gosh, someone please help them. Now what's telling about this scene in the movie is even though it's the catalyst and even though it's a movie about the civil rights movement, we don't hear about them for the rest of the movie. We hear about uh, the president and we hear about J. Edgar Hoover and we hear about Martin Luther King Jr. and we hear about the movement of uh, SNCC and we hear about uh, the leaders inside these movements and Coretta Scott King and everybody else, but we don't hear about the children. Even in a movie dedicated to the civil rights movement, a movement dedicated to helping some of the most persecuted people in our society, we can't hear the least of these our society is much like society in Jesus time much like society in the ninth chapter of Mark that we read today in the ninth chapter of Mark the reason the impact of lifting up a child to be accepted in the circle of disciples was that a child had no bearing in society had no weight had no purpose A child was not someone to be honored. A child was not someone to be adored. A child was not someone to be recognized even. There's no social standing. So why would you include them in your circle? In Jesus' day, the goal, uh, or at least... The goal of common society was to associate with someone just a little bit higher than yourself because if you could associate with that person, you start to be recognized as someone a little bit better than yourself, a little bit higher than yourself. That's the way of social advancement. That's the way of bringing yourself up in the world. And if you associate with people lower than yourself, then you go down the ladder. You can't have it both ways. Now, while our society might not be exactly like that, What do you know, in a movie about social activism, a movie about civil rights, we can't hear the children. We can't hear the least of these. We hear the powerful. Because that is still what we want to do in society today. As the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest, it occurs to me that It's kind of easy to roll over this, right? Is This conversation because I don't hear a whole lot of us at least we've learned to a certain extent a little bit of self-humility. I don't hear a whole lot of us arguing about who's better than the other one about being a Christian, right? No one walked in here today with a star uh, and number one Christian on their shirt uh, and expected everyone to believe it. But we do still do this corporately. Because I have heard, and I imagine you have heard too, the numerous conversations about the attendance levels at other congregations, right? Well, did you hear about so-and-so down the road, they had 40 more people today. I mean, they're really growing. And you hear about so-and-so down the road, they got like 20 people. I don't even know if they're going to be around next year. You hear about this congregation over here? They had a multi-thousand dollar, I can't say million, a multi-thousand dollar donation to this specific fund. They're going to be there for a long time. We talk like this often about congregations, don't we? Our call is Christians is to change the conversation that we're having right now. To change the conversation to where it's not about how many people you have in the pews and it's not about how much money you got coming in the doors. Even those are incredibly important things. But the primary focus is who is the most Christ-like? What church is being the most as Christ would be. What church is welcoming the least of these the most, is working for the least of these the most, the ones who are proclaiming grace to the ones on the margins, proclaiming grace to one another? What church embodies love? What church embodies passion for those who cannot be passionate about themselves? What church is doing that? And we... While we may not be the most numerous and we may not be the most wealthy and we may not be the most anything, we can be that. By the grace of God, we can be that. We are the ones who hear a very challenging call. We know the love of God is for everybody and if you haven't heard it lately, hear it again. Our God, the God that we talk about each and every Sunday here, loves each and every one of you corporately, but more so individually. There is love for you in this place. There is love for you in God's place. And along with that comes a calling. Comes a calling to be like Christ. Comes a calling to give up socially. To give up social standing, social status, to give up your plans, to give up your life so that other people, those who cannot be for themselves, the people who are constantly marginalized by our comments, constantly marginalized by the way we do things, the people who cannot be for themselves politically or emotionally or physically. Those are the people we lift up, those are the people we embrace, those are the people that we are active for, that we come into contact with, that we're in relationship with. Those are God's people, those are our people. Our calling as a congregation, our calling as the church, is to change the conversation about what it means to be thriving, what it means to be the greatest, Who's the most Christ-like? I pray that just like with the children's sermon, as it is for us, that we might have God pushing us into these places that we don't necessarily want to go, we don't necessarily know how to go into, that we might find ourselves there anyways. And even if we're making a mess of it, we're going to make a mess of it trying to be the most Christ-like people we can be. And that God might show up each and every day showing us what that means. God be with us. Amen.